July 5th. We celebrated, um, and I suppose we can still continue, it's the weekend, uh, celebrating uh, the freedom of our country and our nation, and um, honor those who've been in the military, like Alan. Who else has been in the military? Anybody here? I know Jamie has, but he's not here this morning, but uh, different ones have been in the military. So I want to share a message with you this morning that I really believe is a word from uh, God for a day that we're living in. But uh, I also want to take just a moment uh, and take the opportunity to honor those that were in the service that, uh, um, you know, for whatever uh, capacity that you worked in, you still played a role in helping uh, this nation to maintain its freedom. And uh, for that, you should be honored. And uh, I want to honor each and every one of them. It was, uh, you know, we have the uh, people that have fought for our freedom. Um, we have the freedom where we shouldn't have to fear um, our safety. Although that's been a struggle the last several weeks in this nation, but I, I still am believing that our nation's coming together. And we have people that are willing to stand up and uh, uh, provide a safety for us. Um, we have the freedom that we can come and do as, uh, as we please within the realm of the law, of course. We want to make sure that uh, that's qualified by that. And uh, we have the freedom that we can speak our mind without fear of injustices that are brought against us. Uh, now, we don't need to speak our mind and be foolish about it. We still have the right to uh, speak and share our opinions and share our uh, convictions of our heart and uh, praise God for that. May not all agree, but we have that right. And uh, it's because men and women uh, from way back, way back at uh, the birth of this nation, we have uh, the right to be able to do these things, inalienable rights. And so, I praise God for them, and so I say I appreciate you, each and every one. I want to talk to you, though, about this morning, about another type of freedom. It's, I've not really ever heard it talked about too much, um, and it's something that God really laid on my heart. As I was studying, you know, I wanted to talk about uh, liberty. I wanted to tie, and those words are interchangeable, for freedom and liberty. And uh, I wanted to talk about that, of course. I think it's a, appropriate for, uh, for the weekend that we are uh, celebrating. And it's a, it's a biblical freedom or a biblical liberty that I wanted to share and it just occurred to me I forgot our offering again. I've got to have notes for that. Huh? I have the liberty to forget. So, uh, each and every one of you, before I continue on, uh, be reminded uh, this is our time for offerings. And uh, be uh, faithful about your offering. It's very, very important for the ministry to continue. Uh, yes, God blesses us and, and everything, but it also takes our finances to uh, 
perpetuate that. And, and so I want you to uh, be faithful in your uh, offerings and your giving. And uh, the offering buckets are just outside of the uh, double doors here. And so you can uh, put your offerings in there before or after service, of course. There's uh, online giving, and uh, that's Living Light uh, Church. Dot com, right? Dot org, I'm sorry. Dot org. And so the, uh, the different options on there we've mentioned several times now. And there's also the uh, mail-in giving with the P.O. Box 505, Roseville, Illinois, 61473. So avail yourself to that. Uh, your offerings are very, very necessary, and God will honor you uh, for your giving. So to continue on this morning, <clears throat> biblical freedom is uh, what I want to talk about, or a biblical liberty. It's a message that I believe God's laid on my heart, and He tried to get it across to His people from the very beginning, even as far back as Adam and Eve. <clears throat> and I'll try to get a hold of that. We don't have time, obviously, to cover everything. But uh, all the way back since the beginning of time, and it's been a message that's been mistaken, even with Adam and Eve. And the children of Israel certainly missed it at times on this message. Somehow Adam and Eve got the impression or the, and the misconception that they could go outside of the realm of the relationship with God and do whatever they wanted. I mean, you know that they were tempted, and I, I don't know how long the enemy for sure uh, spent trying to deceive them, but he was successful. And Adam and Eve eventually chose, because they had the right to choose, they had the ability to choose, to do their life as they pleased. And so they had this misconception that they had the right to do so, and uh, they chose their own path for life. <clears throat> Pardon me. Bryson, could you bring me my water? I don't know what it is every time I get up here. Um, but anyway, somehow they were deceived into thinking that they could make their own choices to satisfy themselves, and that was their, uh, it was the right thing for them to do. And it was a terrible, terrible mistake for all of humanity. And it's because they didn't understand what true freedom was. I know that Adam and Eve were growing and they were learning and everything. And they just had not come to the realization that there was another type of freedom and liberty that uh, they should be experiencing. And so I'm wondering if the church today, God's people actually realize what biblical freedom is all about. We're destined to make the same mistakes if we don't learn this. If we don't really understand this. So you, um, I'm, this message is for God's people. Not so much for the, uh, uh, society in, in general, but for God's people. So please get a hold of that. And I'll try to uh, do the best I can to uh, share with you, I was sharing with the, the ladies in prayer before service. I really struggled yesterday morning. I was almost in tears trying to put this message together. So I know the enemy does not want 
the people of uh, God's uh, kingdom to understand. So you, so I want you to see it's a common theme throughout the Bible uh, that God intends for His people to be free. Is that not true? We can see that all the way through the Bible. Isaiah prophesies in chapter 6 and verse 1, The Spirit of the Sovereign Lord is on me because the Lord has anointed me to proclaim good news to the poor. He has sent me to bind up the brokenhearted, and listen to this now, to proclaim freedom to the captives and release from darkness for the prisoners. In the New Testament, in the Gospel, Luke uh, chapter 4, verse 18, Jesus also is quoting and repeating this uh, very same message. And on numerous occasions in the book of Exodus, here's, here's something I want you to understand too. It, on numerous uh, occasions in the book of Exodus, Pharaoh was given the directive from Moses and Aaron, from God, let my people go. God wanted His people to be free. He wanted them to be free. And so, moving on, is the children of Israel were being held captive, we know, for 400 years uh, with the Egyptians. Some say up to 430 years. I don't know. I haven't looked into that uh, for sure. But they cried out. They spent... 400 years we know at least in captivity with the Egyptians and they cried out to God for a release from their bondage. And God heard their cries and He wanted them to be set free. But folks, I want you to know something. We were never created for bondage. Never ever created for bondage. But it was never intended for anyone in the human race to be held forcefully and be forced into servitude. It is a heart thing that we choose to do because we desire and we want to. So it was never intended for that. The children of Israel were never to be held captive to serve in an enemy's camp. So the humans were never intended to be forcibly uh, be held in captivity to serve a tyrannical government. And that's what we're fighting today in the United States because there's uh, government is trying to close in on us and uh, take away a lot of our rights, if not all of them, if, if possible. We were never intended to be uh, forcibly held in captivity to serve a tyrannical government. So you're following me so far. Okay, so the very definition of independence, maybe I should have started my message with that, but the very definition of independence is to be without control. Now, you can take that and run with it and say, well, there, <laughs> we don't wanna, there's a lot of people out there that are taking that so literally that they're out of control. That's not what I'm talking about for sure. Uh, but anyway... It's to be without control, outward control. We're not to have that. In other words, nobody has a right to forcefully 
control you from the outside. Does that make sense? From the outside. You're supposed to be free and at liberty and independent. But our freedom doesn't exist. Freedom doesn't exist. And this is what I'm trying to say. Some people take this and run with it. And they said, we're free to do whatever we want. We can say whatever we want. We can do whatever we want. And all these kinds of things. And it leads to what? Trouble. It leads to destruction. Because people want to rule other people. That's just the way it it works if we're out of control. And if we don't understand what biblical liberty is all about. So, but our freedom, our freedom does not exist so we can just do whatever we want to. Do we have the right? Sure we do. We have the right to do all kinds of things, whatever we so choose, as long as it's in the realm of the law. Do we have the ability to do whatever it is that we want if we think it's going to make us happy? Absolutely, sure we do. But our freedom doesn't exist so we can just do whatever the heck it is that we want to. I hope that didn't offend anybody. Our freedom is to remain contained, or might I say controlled, in the realm of relationship with God. That's what biblical freedom and liberty is about. And we'll get, I'll I'll get to some more detail about that. So what is it that I'm saying here? This biblical freedom is something that's done inside of us, not so much from the outside. And I believe what true biblical freedom is, is the willingness to be controlled from within, from within our heart, by the Spirit of God. So it's a yieldedness, yieldedness, to God. We actually desire that. Once we are born again, we actually desire to, to yield ourselves to His service. It's yielding yourself to God. We have an unhappy camper, don't we? Second Corinthians 3.17 says, Now the Lord is the Spirit, and where the Spirit of the Lord is, there is liberty. We have the Spirit of the Lord that dwells within us. There's a liberty that takes place within us. We're set free. We can serve God. We can do what we'd like to serve and be a blessing to God without anyone being able to take that away from us. Doesn't matter. From on the outside, nobody can take that away from you. Adam and Eve chose not to be governed and controlled within the realm of their relationship with God. They became then a servant to what? Disobedience and to sin. They became a servant to that because they chose to to just go and do whatever they wanted to do. And that always leads to uh, destruction, to trouble, and ultimately it led to death. Jesus said in John 8.34, Truly I tell you, everyone who commits sin 
is a slave to sin. So if there is somebody that's listening this morning that does not know the Lord, you're held captive uh, by your sin. Jesus wants to come into your heart and set you free. So that's a quick message for those that are unbelievers. Nobody was intended to be a slave to their sin, but rather a servant to God. So if you've been a slave to sin, every one of us has got a story. And we've all come from that, and we've all determined that we needed something more than what we had, and we needed God. And so we uh, chose to begin to uh, serve the Lord and allow Him to come in to begin to rule our hearts, to rule His Word, to rule our nature, or His Spirit to rule our nature, and His Word to rule our minds. And that, that is something that we elected to do when His Spirit touched us. So, God didn't intend for us to be a slave to sin, but rather a servant to Him. The true biblical freedom you and I and every other human being is to experience is the freedom then to serve God. That's what biblical uh, freedom is all about. It's the freedom to serve God. What is it that uh, in Exodus 9-1 and more, more than once it, was, it said that Pharaoh, I want you to let my people go for what was the purpose? So they could go to serve Him. To worship Him is one translation. But if you look at the, that in a, um, from a different uh, translation, you're going to see that they interchange the word worship with service or serve Him. Is that not true, Kay? Yes. So then the Lord said in Exodus 9-1 to Moses, Go in to Pharaoh and say to him, this is what the Lord, the God of the Hebrews says, let my people go. With the emphasis on, so that they may worship me. That's what uh, biblical uh, spiritual freedom and liberty is all about, is that we could go and worship the Lord. The word worship in this, serve, in this verse means to serve. And we're designed, you and I were designed from the very beginning in the mind of God. We were designed to serve Him. God wanted to set Israel loose from their captivity for the purpose of serving Him. And that was an outward service. But He wants to do, a, it has to do with a work that he's doing inside of you in order to have those type of results. And God desires to set you free also from your captivity, whatever it is, if there's a hang up in your life, if there's a sin in your life, if you've never been born again, uh, and, and sin and you're a slave to sin, God wants to set you free from that captivity. Whatever that may be, and it's all for the purpose of serving Him. God did not want to set them free to do whatever they wanted. He didn't want to set the Israelites free just to set them free so they could go out and do whatever they wanted. For crying out loud, that's what got them in trouble to begin with. And they fell into disobedience. That's what got them in trouble. 
So uh, God didn't want that for them. He wanted to, them to set them free. He wanted to set them free to serve Him. God didn't, didn't want to set them free to do whatever they wanted. They'd be right back in the same jam that they, are, they were in currently. The same is true with Jesus. And He wants to set us free to serve Him and not to do as uh, we want to. And not listen to the. Now listen to this. He didn't set us free did, as born again believers. We weren't set free to do whatever we wanted to. I mean, you know, there's a lot of Christians out there that seem to, th- to be taking that for granted. And they're doing a lot of things that they probably shouldn't be doing. I, I see it all the time. I see Facebook posts, I see Facebook pictures. Shouldn't be doing those things if you're going to proclaim being a born-again Christian. Okay? So the same is true with Jesus. He didn't save us, deliver us, and set us free from our captivity to just do whatever we wanted, but as we ought to. He delivered us to do as we ought to. And what is that? And that is to serve God, and eventually, I'll get to it here, and serve others. He's calling you out of captivity in your present darkness, and He's giving you the ability to obey Him. We had that, obe- uh, that ability to obey Him previous to the fall in the garden, but Adam and Eve elected to do something different. We had the ability now to choose what's best for our lives, or He had given us the ability to choose what was best for our lives, but serving Him and glorifying Him is what His intention was for us. So you want to know what uh, your purpose then is for your life? There's a lot of people, and I've heard people ask me before, I don't know what the uh, purpose of my life is. Can you tell me? And it's very, very simple. It's to worship and serve God. That is the bottom line. That's the essence of our Christianity is to worship God. It's to serve Him. It's to show your love and your devotion to Him because of the gratitude that's in your heart. Because He set you free. Amen. I know this is kind of a simple message so far, but Jesus doesn't promise to set you free to do whatever you want to, but to do that which we... Uh, that you should do. That which you ought to do. John 38 says, He who the Son sets free is free indeed. Amen? And He sets us free to walk in a relationship with God. And it's a relationship that we have to strive to demonstrate. I'm not saying we have to work for it. When we receive Jesus, we're as saved as we're going to be. We just have to continue to grow and be sanctified. We're already justified. need to be sanctified. I'm not saying we're striving to get saved. What I'm saying is, is that in our relationship, we have to strive to demonstrate our faith. We have to exercise our faith and our devotion for, uh, to Him for others to view. That's what we're, what we're about as believers. And our freedom that we have in a relationship we have will give us that ability to always declare 
our obedience to God. Psalm 119.45, and this is the CSB translation. It says, I will walk freely in an open place because I study your precepts. I will walk freely in that. I will. I desire to walk towards your precepts because I'm studying and understanding. The Amplified Version, I really like what it says. And I will walk at liberty and at ease. How many know if we're walking at liberty and at ease, we've been set free, we're loosed inside. And I will walk at liberty and at ease, for I have sought and inquired for and desperately required your precepts. How many know that we need to desperately require for ourselves an understanding of God's precepts? That's what's going to make us successful in our walk, in our obedience to the Lord. We have to desperately... How many of you desperately require that for yourself? To understand the Word of God. I'll tell you what... Was it UK or somebody here recently told me, I don't know how people live at all without the Word of God and without understanding. And that's so true. And it's the reason why is because you're requiring that for yourself. You're requiring to understand so you can walk in obedience. You really want to walk in, a, in an obedient relationship with God. You want to serve Him, in other words. It makes me wonder how people how we as believers can ever forget such a wonderful gift. We've been set free. I know. I remember what it was like, and I still experience it on a daily basis, what it's like to be set free. We've been set free from captivity, but it's very sad when we neglect to maintain our relationship and fall back into the same types of bondages. I've seen people do it. They don't have that hunger, that thirst, and that desire to uh, require the understanding of God's precepts in their life. And so what happens is they become dull in their senses towards God. And it's very, very sad because a lot of times they'll end up back in the same type of position that they were before, and maybe even worse. It's very sad when we neglect to maintain our relationship and fall back into the same types of bondages that we were once delivered from. Those things that denied us from that wonderful liberty to be free to do what God had intended for us to do. Remember, we're we're intended to do what we ought. What we should be doing. And those things... the that uh, we participated in prior to being saved denied us all of that wonderful liberty to do that. It's those things that, the things that we were denied was to love and to worship Him, of course, but what, what else does it mean? It means to prefer the brethren. We were denied to prefer the brethren or have other people's best interest in mind for the most part. Now, I know there's a lot of good people doing a lot of good things, but a lot of times that's for their own benefit, their their own selfish desire. But we have the desire to 
be pleasing to God. So we have the best interests of other people in mind. And we were being denied that when we were serving sin. So we, have, we, we were denied to love and to worship Him, uh, of course. But what, what else does it mean? It means to be able to prefer the brethren. It means to love and serve others and to meet their needs. How many enjoy being able to have the resources to bless somebody? I, I love that. There's nothing that brings me more joy than to be able to help somebody in need. Now, physically, I can't do a lot of the things that I used to do. I used to go do roofing and, and help building uh, houses and, and different stuff. like. I can't do a lot of that kind of thing anymore. Vicky is laughing at me. She said, that's right, you're getting fat and old. But I used to really enjoy that. And I still have the heart for it, but my body says, oh, no, you don't. i got to be honest about it. But to love and serve and meet other people's needs. I can still drive a truck, hallelujah. And I like to do that, and I earn a little extra money. And people uh, that get in a little bit of trouble. I have a little bit of a resource. Maybe I shouldn't be posting this all over uh, the the Facebook and whatever, but I do have a little bit of extra money once in a while to help somebody out. And uh, that thing's going to trip me. And uh, help somebody out and, and maybe get them along until their next paycheck or whatever. And God has allowed me to do I didn't have that before. I didn't used to be able to be in that position. It's because of what God's done in my life, and He's given me that ability, and I'm thankful for it. And I want to serve Him and do much more and even greater if possible. That's what freedom, biblical freedom is about. So I'm struggling to see what we're talking about um, in this day that we live in, on a high level anyway. I mean, I see little pockets of people doing the right thing, doing things for the kingdom of God, unselfishly uh, blessing other people. But on a high level, I don't always see that. Maybe it's because I'm sheltered in a small community. I don't know. But I don't see a lot of that. And I'm not trying to be uh, mean and, and pick on the people of the church. I just think that we can do better. Amen? And people tend to consume their blessings, honestly. They tend to consume their blessings upon themselves and their abundance upon themselves. And once again, find themselves, they get so caught up in having fun and being able to buy this and being able to do that and everything, they get so caught up in all of that that they forget what they were intended to do. I know a family that uh, is very affluent, that love the Lord with all their heart, soul, mind, and strength. And uh, they are uh, they have the ability to purchase uh, watercraft, I'll put it that way, nice big boats and all these kinds of things. And you know what they do? They take people that have uh, some trouble in their life, you know, that just need to get away and quit thinking about it, and they take them out there on the boat for the weekend or whatever so they can help them get some relief and a reprieve from all of their trouble. I think that's a great thing for Christians to be able to do. And I think that 
Christians ought to do those kinds of things. So, Anyway, that's just an example. Of, and uh, there's other things that's being done. We have the community uh, service that Cheryl is a big part of where we can be a blessing to um, meet people's uh, grocery needs and whatever. I love doing that. I love being a part of that kind of thing too. So anyway, what does biblical freedom look like then? We have to ask ourselves, what does our freedom in Christ look like? And I'll try to answer that in describing what it doesn't uh, by what it doesn't look like first. It doesn't look like religious folks out there doing whatever they want to do as if they have no rules. Saying whatever they want, using foul language. I know a lot of Christians, well, I'm not, I'm not, uh, you're going to pay a price eventually if you have the attitude that your language doesn't matter. Because it does. Now, I'm, I used to be like an old sailor. I wasn't, but I was cussed like one. So that's still something that, I, you know, if I'm not careful, if I don't check my spirit, my attitude, and all those things, I can still let one slip. Let one fly. That's just something. So if I ever have done that, I'm afraid one day that I'm going to use a foul word from the pulpit. I'm afraid of that. I hope I never do. But anyway, what my point is, we can't just be saying whatever we want to especially in uh, foul language. I know people that think that they've been given this great gift to correct people all the time. If, if you were correcting people, you better be correct yourself and you better be doing this out of love for, for God and for that person. Because what happens is they'll start causing more dissension than anything. I mean, no, the Bible says I better not use that one because it'll be isolating one gender. But anyway, they, they'll tend to cause uh, dissension and, and they, they tend to want to uh, disrespect. Some people will take their liberty, even in Christ, and they'll disrespect the authority because God is my higher authority. You were challenged according to the Word of God to respect those that are in authority above you in this life too. Being condescending to those who are less fortunate. I know a lot of people, and I've come across this before, I'm not going to stoop to their level. Well, you better start thinking differently about that and go into prayer on your knees because you're to be showing people... They may not be at the same level of faith and understanding with the Word of God. So don't take that as liberty to do whatever you want and and be condescending to people. Just because you might be a little farther along in your walk doesn't mean you can't help those that aren't. Okay? So don't be condescending. So in other words, the things that biblical liberty are not, is having a form of godliness, but denying the power thereof. So listen everyone, I can give examples, but I'm not going to, but I could. The picture we're looking for 
of Christian freedom is first of all to honor and obey God, to serve Him, to love Him, to worship Him. Because He's given you the ability to do so. You have the ability in the, inside of you to do so. He's done something special in your heart and He set you free to serve Him inside of the, the realm of relationship to Him. He's done something special. And so second of all, He wants you to serve one another. These are the two main things that biblical freedom looks like. It's to serve one another. You and I, as believers, and believers all over this world, have to make this decision. To seek out with compassion and sacrifice, if needed, if need be, the welfare of other people. That's what we're called to do. That's what biblical freedom is all about, is to serve God, first of all, worship Him, but to serve and love one another. And I think I've got that verse down here, but if not, i got it marked and we're going to read it again. Galatians 5.13. To serve one another. To seek with compassion I mean, no, Jesus sought after you and I with all the compassion and sacrifice that was within Him to deliver you from your captivity. He sought after your welfare. And whatever welfare means to you, we could look up the definition. It means your safety and, and your, all of your other needs on top of that. This is God's way of demonstrating freedom and liberty. And that is all packed inside of you. And it's to be uh, uh, delivered to the rest of the world, other people that need it. Jesus did this for you and I. He served us out of love and compassion to do a work to set you free in your spirit. In your spirit. So you could worship God in spirit and in truth. And He expects nothing less for His disciples to demonstrate that to other people. The Bible says that He came not to be served, but to serve. Amen? This is this distinction that we have to make. Galatians 5 and 1. Stand fast therefore in the liberty with Christ, with the, wherewith Christ has made us free, and be not entangled again with the yoke of bondage. Stand fast, therefore, in the liberty wherewith Christ has made us free. Remember what we said earlier. Freedom doesn't exist so that we can do whatever it is that we want. I'm not saying you can't do what you want, per se. I'm just saying with an attitude and disregard to law and other people's feelings and all those kinds of things. We're not to indulge in our own fleshly desires, in other words. And go along with no regard to common sense, following after the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and pride of life. This is what will happen if we are not moving forward in obedience to God. Freedom exists for the purpose of serving God and others. Freedom, if you're taking notes, is an opportunity and a privilege to serve the living God and to serve other people. That's what God has called us to do. So I'm not too much longer here. 
In closing, I want to make another comment, though. Probably three or four comments before it's over with. We have to make this distinction. Are we going to be selfish and self-absorbed with our, with our lives and just decide to take liberty and lead our own uh, choice of paths in life? Or are we going to take our liberty as an opportunity to serve? That's what our liberty is intended for. Earlier we said that Jesus didn't come to be served, but to serve. And we're instructed in the book of Philippians, because the Philippians, uh, Paul taught the Philippians that they were to reject their selfish ways and ambitions for the purpose of serving God and the best interest of others. Philippians 2, 3, and 4. Chapter 2, verses 3 and 4 says, Do nothing out of selfish ambition or conceit, but in humility consider others as more important than yourselves. Everyone should look out not only for his own interests, you need to take care of yourself and your family and everything else, but then you need to put in mind others' interests Everyone should look out not only for his own interest, but for the interest of others. Why is that? It's because selfishness always leads to destruction and the freedom to serve multiplies. That was something I had not seen before. Freedom to serve multiplies. Listen to what it says in John 8.45. You have to uh, really pay attention what's spiritualized to see this. For, uh, the freedom to serve multiplies. For even the Son of Man did not come to be served, but to serve. And the emphasis is on this part of the verse. And to give His life as a ransom for many. His life was here for a purpose, and that was to see many come into the kingdom of God. His life was a single life that was multiplied when He died on the cross for you and I. Amen? Do you understand that? So His life um, was to give His life as a ransom for many. So He came to serve you and I. He came to serve you and I. And He came to serve all of humanity. And service multiplies. Selfishness destroys, but freedom to serve multiplies. My final comment here, I'm going to read Galatians 5.13 while I'm thinking about it. And 14, maybe. Kay read this at the opening of our service. It really fits well, really fits well with our uh, message this morning. For you were called to be free. I mean, remember, that's, that's basically what I've been telling us. That was our calling. That was what God had intended. We were called to be free, brothers and sisters. Only don't use that freedom as an opportunity for the flesh. But what does it say? But to serve. How does that but to serve one another through love. 
For the whole law is fulfilled. I mean, what, what, who knows what the law is? To love the Lord your God with all your heart, soul, mind, and strength, and to love your neighbor as yourself. So, for the whole law is fulfilled in one statement. Love your neighbor as yourself. Amen. I love that. Thank you, Kay, for uh, coming uh, on the scene, opening up our service with that verse. So, our final comment this morning is, is that true biblical freedom is an answer to the call to worship and to serve God, first of all. And the way we serve God is by sacrificially serving others. Sacrificially serving others. From the very beginning, we were instructed to be fruitful and multiply. Amen? Adam and Eve's directive was to be fruitful and multiply. That wasn't just to produce babies, which is a great thing. They, uh, they uh, filled the, the entire earth. But it was to serve, multiply. It was to bring more of what God intended to other people. So what am I saying here this morning? God has given us divine, uh, His divine nature. Amen? When we were born again, He gave us His divine nature, and it had the ability to share. We have the ability to share in sowing His seed of freedom to others. We have the ability to do that. We can help set other people free from their captivity. And if not, we are planting the seed that they can be set free. We may not see the uh, fruit of that completely. But we can see the seed going into other people's lives. In other words, He has imparted into us His inherent ability to plant into others a seed of life. I think that is so good. We have that ability because of the freedom that's in us. It's the nature of Christ that's in us to serve. We have that ability to take that freedom as a seed and plant it into other people's lives and it's a seed of life. And the, the truth of the matter is sometimes I think people work too hard at it but it actually comes very, very naturally because we have, if we're obedient to God we're maintaining our relationship with Him like we ought to, it all becomes so very natural for us to do. It's just the natural thing for us to do is to be givers. And if, if need be, to give sacrificially. So it becomes natural because that principle of multiplication is always in you, inside of you. The life of Christ is always inside of you to do that. Amen. Well, that's my message this morning. Praise God for that biblical Understanding biblical freedom. I thank Him for the Word of God. And let's have a word of prayer. Father, in the name of Jesus, I thank You for Your wonderful Word. And I thank You, Father God, for the nature of Christ who dwells within us. I thank You right now that we have the ability, Father God, uh, to impart Your truth and, and the seed of life into other people. That's what we're all about. That's what 
you intended for us to do from the very beginning is to impart life into others. And Lord, I just pray right now for the touch of God in each and every one uh, here this morning, present with us this morning, and those that are listening in, Father God, I pray right now that you anoint them to be able to uh, share the good news that's within them and uh, impart life into other people, Father, and to be a blessing to meet their needs, to serve, first of all, you, and then serve those who are in need. Father, in the name of Jesus, we give you all the praise, the glory, and honor. And I pray right now for your kingdom to be multiplied in Jesus' name. Amen.